Good morning. This is Lisa Bond, and welcome to SJL Daily. Maybe you would agree that Roanoke, Salem, Vinton are pretty small places in the grand scheme of things, but sometimes famous people drive through our little neck of the woods and even stop to eat or shop. One of our presidents ate at a barbecue place out in Daleville many years back, and one time I ran into a sitcom actress. She was just browsing in an antique store in Salem. But sometimes people come through, and I never hear about it until it pops up in the news that night or days later. But in Jesus' day, I would imagine that word traveled so fast that he was in town. Like today's reading, someone heard about him, and a man's life was forever changed because of the faith of his friends. So let's read Luke 5, 17 through 26. On one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with the bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Man, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. This is the word of the Lord. In first century Palestine, roofs would have been flat with a covering of hard mud through which this man's friends would have had to dig to get him to Jesus. And I think we'd have to agree that this would have been a pretty unusual entrance for someone to make. Did it smack of desperation or true faith? I'd say a lot of both. I mean, the helplessness of their friend and their belief that Jesus could heal him well exceeded any reservations about what others would think their reputations around town for causing such a scene or the mess they would make, or their thoughts about whether they should try to come back tomorrow when the path to Jesus maybe wouldn't be so hard. But they would stop at nothing in order to get to Jesus. This is the faith for which he commended them in verse 20. This passage has a lot to say about Jesus' authority to forgive sins and why his critics hated him so much. But today let's just focus on two things, faith and friends. One commentator notes that Jesus saw their faith and not their mess. Remembering this can help us when we run into people who don't look like we do or have the same background, they don't listen to the same music, their worship style, or the way they dress is annoying. They are so different that they're making us uncomfortable. If this ever happens, and let's pray it does not, we can be reminded to see each person through the eyes of Jesus. Their faith and not their mess, at least what looks messy to us. Secondly, let's think about this man's friends. Many of us would like to think of faith as an individual thing, and you've heard it before. I can worship God wherever I am, my living room, the golf course, fishing on the lake. And of course, our lives should be full of worship wherever we are. But there is this dimension of corporate belongingness that should characterize the church. We receive together what is impossible to attain alone. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote this, The physical presence of other Christians is a source of incomparable joy and strength to 
to the believer. I mean, think of Paul writing from prison, longing to see his brothers and sisters. But sometimes the path to belongingness is hard. You have to put yourself out there, maybe become vulnerable, or leave behind whatever your ideas of a perfect Christian gathering would be or your perfect Christian reputation, and start to be okay with the fact that we're all broken people struggling with life and faith. But what a beautiful picture is painted by these men who cared enough for their helpless friend to say, it doesn't matter what it takes. Our broken selves are going to take your broken self to Jesus. And in that process, they found that he was the one who offers not only physical healing, but the deeper healing of forgiveness of sins. Do you have such faith? Are you this kind of friend? Would you be willing to start on that path toward belongingness by joining a small group or a Bible study? Again, from Bonhoeffer, the believer feels no shame as though he were still living too much in the flesh when he yearns for the physical presence of other Christians. Man was created in a body. The Son of God appeared on earth in the body. He was raised in the body. In the sacrament, the believer receives the Lord Christ in the body, and the resurrection of the dead will bring about the perfected fellowship of God's spiritual, physical creatures. The believer, therefore, lauds the Creator, the Redeemer, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the bodily presence of a brother. We are the church, and together, let's share life and worship and adore our beautiful Savior. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for Christian community. May we seek it and cherish it as a gift from you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.